0: Hello and welcome to Sounding Out Horsham, I'm Emma and I'm Anna and today we're discussing something that we've wanted to cover ever since we started this podcast um, the environment or rather we should say it's an episode about how we can protect and improve the environment I think many of us want to live greener lives and help save the planet but maybe we don't know how to or it can feel like caring for the environment is just another thing to factor into our busy lives. I try to do my bit, I reuse and recycle as much as I can and I walk as much as is practical but I know I could do lots more and also know this is a topic you've been particularly keen to cover isn't it Anja?
1: Yeah well I just feel a really strong sense of urgency and uh, it really is the big question of our time. I mean we just heard this week that the Amazon rainforest is now emitting more CO2 than it absorbs which is absolutely frightening and although this can feel overwhelming and even depressing to think of, it's also something that we can actually do something about. And things are really starting to move politically and there is technological progress as well. If we fly less, drive less, eat less meat and dairy and think about what and how we consume and generally consume less and recycle, we can still make a difference.
0: Yes, that's true, isn't it? I think looking at it from more of a local level, Horsham isn't doing too badly with regards to recycling. Um, Statistics from DEFRA released at the beginning of 2020 found that Horsham District Council was one of the top 20 performing councils in the UK for improved curbside recycling rates. And the year before, in 2019, the Horsham District achieved a recycling rate of 53.5%, which exceeded its 50% target.
1: Yeah, that's always something. And the Council has also recently introduced a collection service for the recycling of small electrical items and textiles, and they'll now collect batteries, which is great. But for this episode, we would like to highlight those who, purely out of commitment, work really hard to provide more green community services.
0: Yes, we'll be talking to Carrie Court, who's founder of It's Green Living, a Horsham-based charity that provides all sorts of services to help us reduce our carbon footprint. Hello Carrie, it's so nice to
1: meet you. We are sitting here at your farm, just outside Horsham, actually in a stable. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Sounding Out Horsham.
2: Thanks very much for inviting me to get involved. I love to share what we're doing in Horsham District and uh, nice to meet you too.
0: Would you mind starting by giving us a bit of background about Sussex Green Living?
2: So Sussex Green Living I launched in 2012 and it was after probably a couple of years of actually getting quite depressed about my young son's future on planet Earth. He was then about three years old. And with motherhood came this great awareness about uh, the problems of the planet and climate change. And uh, yeah, and then I I had some light bulb moments and I decided, come on, let's just do something about this and uh, go to my grave knowing that I've done everything within my power to build a sustainable world for my son, future generations and all those who we share this great planet with. Was there
1: something special that happened that made you realise how important this question is?
2: Yes, I actually had three light bulb moments. So I watched a film called Age of the Stupid and I watched An Inconvenient Truth by Al Gore. And those two films really, really drove home the climate crisis. And I also listened to someone who's my best friend. I listened to her speak about the problems and the solutions. And I thought, yeah, there are solutions out there. So let's do something about it. And that spurred me into action and setting up Sussex Green Living. And when was that? When did you set up? So I started building the website and the social media to start with in 2011. And then I launched it on Earth Day 2012. It was my night job. So at the time I was running a small um, production company and we did a lot of work in the environment and education. Um so I called it my corporate social responsibility initiative. But it was my night job and uh, I became full time with it at the very end of 2014. Just coming back to Al Gore,
1: I remember that film. That was probably a defining moment for quite a lot of people when that film came out. Do you remember that as well, Emma? Yes,
0: yeah, I do. I think that's when people started taking notice more, I think.
1: Mm. um, In those early days when you just started Sussex Green Living, what was it like in the beginning when it was just you?
2: Um, In 2012, I actually trained as a West Sussex County Council Waste Prevention Advisor Um, It's a voluntary training programme, but it was really, really good. And it gave me a foundation of of knowledge about waste management and recycling and waste reduction and the importance of the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle. And I got to know various other people that had trained on the programme, including Jill Shuker, who's one of our trustees now, and um, set up the repair cafe with us later on our journey. it was, yeah, I was on my own in the early days. I used to go out and do talks in nurseries and schools and for adults, mainly around waste and recycling, until I then went on to train with Al Gore. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so in 2016, I was introduced to somebody, and she'd trained with Al Gore as part of his Climate Reality Leadership Corps. He runs this training program around the world. And the training program was coming up in Manila, in the Philippines. It was a long way to go, but I support a charity that's based in Manila. Um, They support families that live on a dump site in the poorest part of Manila, and they make beautiful things out of waste resources. And I sort of thought, oh, this is a sign (laughs) I'm supposed to go. And I I secretly applied one night, unbeknown to my husband and son, and uh, I got accepted. And I thought, well, actually, this is meant to be. And it was the most incredible experience. I trained for three days with Al Gore and leading climate change scientists. And the knowledge that I've shared there afterwards has, I'm sure, well, Truly compensated for the carbon footprint. Mm.
0: Would you say that the training you did there has now shaped what you do with Sussex Green Living? How has that kind of translated to the charity you run now?
2: Yeah, I mean, the training in climate crisis was quite incredible, and every moment of my day, I think about the problems but more importantly the solutions because there are so many solutions out there and Sussex Green Living now we entwine waste prevention recycling resource management climate change and the solutions they're all totally entwined So tell us a bit more about Sussex Green Living and what you, some of the projects and some of the work that you're doing. So in the early days it was mainly me going out giving talks. Uh, One of our big turning points I think was in 2017 with Jill Shuka, um, one of our trustees, and I set up the Horsham Repair Cafe. With the help of the wonderful Horsham Quakers they allowed us to use their space And when we launched that Repair Café, it just attracted so many new volunteers. We had people walking through the door saying, we love Sussex Green Living, we love the Repair Café and um, we want to come and help. That
1: is a a very exciting thing. And I think so many people in Horsham are still to discover Horsham Repair Café. And now, of course, you have been affected by lockdown and covid But can you tell us a little bit about the services that you run and then we'll come into your next project that is also very exciting. Yeah,
2: so yes, you're right. The Horsham Repair Cafe hasn't really been running very well over the last year and a half, but we're really, really excited in September. On the 25th of September, we're going to be launching a brand new initiative called the Sussex Green Hub. It'll be at the United Reform Church, which is the big modern um, church behind Wilco's. Um, And there we will be relaunching the Horsham Repair Cafe. There will be a community cafe and there will be other environmental and faith groups that will be joining us. Uh, Transition Horsham, Horsham Eco Churches, Horsham Community Fridge, will all be there. So that's one really, really exciting initiative. And then, of course, for our inspiration eco station, um, which is a retrofitted milk float, which we bought last uh, autumn. And we've retrofitted with the help of wonderful creative volunteers. And now it's a really colourful mobile display that's going off to shows, events, faith events, markets, your kids' schools, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it goes out, actually, sometimes as part of our Bright New Future Roadshow um, which there are other environmental educators that come out with us. It's like a mini festival that pops up. So we're taking, really, environmental education and the solutions, most importantly, out to the people.
1: Yeah, that's. I thought that was really nice when we spoke earlier when you talked about how it is, we're living in difficult times now. A lot of people are quite depressed about the prospects of the future and feel maybe that the little I can do makes no difference, but you really want to focus on the positive sides and what you can do. So tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so the Inspiration Eco Station has got various really, really colorful displays. Its main display is around um, eco home and garden. So it's got a doll's house that's been retrofitted into a sort of future house with all sorts of information about ways we can reduce our energy use, insulate up and green up our homes really it's got a little model garden which is like a permaculture garden an eco garden which we show people and we talk about actions that they can take within their home and garden one of the other main displays is around kind of clothes so the clothes industry is the second most polluting industry on the planet a lot of people don't know that they don't think about it but uh with fast fashion throwaway society Um, All our clothes, mainly anyway, being made in Asia, in China, in Bangladesh, Vietnam, Cambodia, etc. And our clothes are travelling tens of thousands of miles using fossil fuel and then being dumped very quickly in, very often, Africa, another 5,000 miles maybe. It's quite insane. So we've got lots of solutions in our kind of clothes display. And then there's another big display on recycling and what you can recycle through the council and also what you can recycle through TerraCycle through our single-use plastic recycling scheme, of which we have a main drop-off in Horsham at the Quaker Meeting House and the Unitarian Church.
0: I've recently discovered that thanks to following um, you on social media and finding I walked down and and recycled crisp packets and biscuit wrappers and... which is great because i didn't know what you could do with those they were just going in the bin beforehand yeah we i mean we we had a good look around your inspiration eco station as you said before and um it's fantastic and it's great resource how responsive have people been in horsham are they getting on board do you find that they're receptive and that they are
2: are doing things like going off and recycling their terracycle, cycle etc i think the float is being very well received at the village events and schools that we've been to and I think it's much easier for people to see the display. In particular, uh, you're talking about TerraCycle, mm. the recycling. Um, it's easier for them to see it and think, oh, gosh, um, cat and dog food packaging. I had no idea that I could recycle that. Um, so that's good. I think there's a huge job to uh, communicate what people can recycle. I mean, a lot of people are very confused as to what they can recycle in their bins at home. It is complicated it does vary from district to district uh, county to county country to country and there are very good reasons for why it does vary but that's quite confusing so to offer people all these other single-use plastic recycling solutions is quite complicated for us to communicate Um, we are a charity so we haven't got budgets to advertise so we rely on other people that have discovered us like you to then go out to your friends and your family and your school and say, Hey, did you know that you can recycle this, this, and this best of course, is don't take it in the beginning. If we don't recycle all those single use plastics in West Sussex, our landfill is full. So now they have to be incinerated, those sorts of materials. And because we haven't got enough incinerators, they actually very often end up getting shipped to places like Germany, who've got huge incinerators. They do provide energy, energy from waste, uh, to houses in the local area. But of course, they've used huge amounts of fossil fuel to get our single-use plastics that we can't recycle, we can't incinerate very often in the UK. Because we're creating too much, we're a small island. Too many people creating too much.
1: So, if you want to take uh, the opportunity here and now to tell people in Horsham what
2: they actually can recycle. Yep. Okay. So yes, it's crisp packets. It's sweet biscuit wrappers. It's cheese biscuit wrappers, savoury biscuits, um cake wrappers. Um, it's um. Cat... So any like plastic bag things. Not any. Of... No. Oh, okay. No. No. So it's um dog and cat food wrappers, toothpaste tubes. It's toothbrushes. Um, mobile phone cases you really need to look on Sussex Green Living so we can recycle about 14 different TerraCycle they're called brigades TerraCycle, this company they they work with manufacturers that want to be responsible about their waste resources so they sponsor a recycling scheme and they will recycle what they manufacture themselves, so you really need to look, Um, we've got a flyer on Sussex Green Living that show exactly what you can and can't recycle That's probably where people should go then because this is really
1: one thing where a lot of people will probably feel that, oh my God, this is so complicated. Just go through thing by thing by thing. I'll just chuck everything in the bin and just don't think about it but you have something very clear on your website then.
2: Yeah, and I think come out as well. Um, Look on the website under the events main navigation, there's an events calendar. And if you go on there, you'll see where the Inspiration Eco Station is going. Um, So we're going out to lots of village events and village markets um, where the general public can come along and they can see the display. They can ask us any questions that they like. And of course, once we get the Sussex Green Hub up and running, That'll be on the last Saturday of every month. And there we will invite people. Um, They're called the Wumbles, our recycling volunteers. And the Wombles will be there with a big display and talking to people. And that's what used to happen at the repair cafe. We'd get tons of people coming to the repair cafe just to talk to the Wombles. They're not dressed like the Wombles, but we call them the Wombles. They're wonderful, amazing volunteers that recycle every single week, both in Horsham and in about 12 villages at the moment in Horsham district. Um, You mentioned the repair cafe. I was
0: just wondering if you could describe a little bit more. I know it hasn't been running as it normally does for a while, but what goes on there? What do you repair and how does it work?
2: at a repair cafe we have lots and lots of volunteers and um, some of them are textile volunteers and they repair clothes and pillows and you know anything made of textiles um, others are electrical or mechanical electronics engineers or repairers and they'll have a go at anything that's a small household electrical non-electrical antique teddy bears, antique dolls, um, megaphones, record toasters. players. Toasters. Get, we get loads and loads of toasters, loads of hoovers, certain types of hoovers, but I won't state what made they oh, are. Good. So the guys are really, really brilliant. Um, they do a, what's called a pack test at the end to test electrically that they're all fine to go out. Um, but the idea of the repair cafe is that you you book in your um, your repair and you come at the given time and you sit with the repairer and you learn what they're doing it's not a dump go shopping come back pick it up and go it's actually learn from the repairer so that hopefully next time you might possibly be able to do the repair yourself if it's you know electrical maybe they can't but hopefully next time they'll think actually do you know what i know this can be repaired i don't have to dump it and buy a new one so that's the important thing about the repair cafe you pay a voluntary donation which goes towards our costs. Of course, we have to hire halls and insurance and lots of things. So, uh, yeah, that's how the Repair Cafe works. Also at the Repair Cafe, we offer a bottle refill service, which we are offering from the Inspiration Eco Station on the 31st of July in Horsham Market. So we're trying to keep that service going. But then in September, it will be available at the uh, Sussex Green Hub And that's um, household cleaning products and personal hygiene. You bring your bottle and we fill it up. Um, There are lots of those services around in, you know, a few shops as well. So we're not the only ones. So that's a really good thing for people to do.
1: Do you also provide these items in in solid
2: form? Because there's a lot of water in shampoo and soap and things like that, right? There are companies that do. At the moment, um, it's a relatively small range. But once we get back up and going again, we're going to do a survey and find out from our regular customers what products they really want. But yes, you're absolutely right. There's um, all sorts of solutions for Uh, toothpaste for laundry to replace laundry liquid you know you can get these little tiny very very compact strips that are a fraction of the weight from uh, again shipping transportation point of view Um, so yeah at the moment they are liquids
0: I guess it's a lot of it is about re-educating the way we think about things isn't it like you said not getting rid before if something breaks you just get rid of it is it kind of a changing of mentality almost of unlearning what we've come to know as normal
2: it is i mean the last year and a half has been horrendous and there is no doubt about that and no one would have wished it but over the last year and a half a lot of behavior has changed a lot of us have changed the way that we buy our food and the way we think and the way we shop so yes definitely people need to think that actually everything on the planet has come from the planet they're the resources from within this great planet Earth. You know, the population since I was born has doubled and we're using one and a half planets worth of resources. We're using too much. And what people need to think is, where has it come from and where will it go? So for example, a new toaster, your toaster breaks, they're really cheap. So let's just dump it, give it to the council, put it in the bin, take it to Hopost in Horsham and buy a new one. You know, what's the problem with that? Well, where has it come from? It was probably made in China. So it's probably been transported 10,000 miles using fossil fuel to your home. Maybe you've used it for a year. Maybe something minor has gone wrong. Maybe it's just a fuse in the plug. Really minor. It would cost pennies to repair it. But you're going to dump it. It will probably end up in Africa. On a great dump site where they take the components apart and they'll probably recycle the different materials from within that toaster. But it will have travelled another 5,000 miles using fossil fuel. I didn't realise it would go, that it would end up in Africa or a another often country like that. In our country, you know, people don't want to work for the minimum salaries that are required to sit there and take a toaster apart and take out the different materials and strip the plastics off the wires and melt down the copper and so on. So yeah, yeah, um, there are lots of dreadful things going on. And we're a small island and we've got high overheads. So yeah, usually it does end up going to somewhere like Ghana. Yeah, most of our waste is exported, isn't it, just in general? Yeah, so um we're lucky in the UK, you know, we've got dustbins at home, we've got a waste bin, we've got a recycled bin, we've got a garden waste bin. Um In Horsham district now we can recycle from our doorstep batteries and yes. clothes and some electrical household components, but we'd ask you to bring those to the repair cafe, <laughs> yes. of course. So we are lucky that we do have recycling in the UK. but it has to go somewhere and take plastic as an example plastics up until fairly recent years in West Sussex very often they went to China to be recycled because we buy our plastic toot from China oops oh, sorry did I say toot? <laughs> um, so most of the things that are made of plastic are made in China so we send our plastics to recycle to China gets melted down, shredded, made into something new. That's good, isn't it? But only a fraction of it, right, I think. Only a fraction. But it's all those, you know, it's not going on a sailing ship. It's going on a great big cargo ship using fossil fuel. So actually, you know, if we can repair these things in our own country or reuse them or refill those bottles then great. Having said that, our hard plastics, I think at the moment go to Poland rather than China, which is better. But still, that's probably 1,500 miles, isn't it? I don't know. It's a long way.
1: So coming back to the inspiration part, what are the things that we can
2: do? Oh, we can do so many things. So when we go out with the Inspiration Eco Station, we are sharing small green steps and big green steps. I mean, big green steps, big things that we can do, but are not necessarily that complicated. Are make sure our home is powered using clean, renewable energy. Many people don't realise that you don't have to put solar panels on your house, that actually you can put your money where your mouth is and you can actually buy, rather than from one of the big energy companies which generate their energy through maybe fossil fuel, you can go to a company that actually generates it through solar, or through wind, through tide. We have a site, bigcleanswitchorg Sussex Green, and you can go onto this platform, put in the details of your current provider, and within five minutes, you'll have a comparison of about eight different providers, and every single person that I've helped to switch at the Horsham Repair Cafe, because it was a service oh. I used to offer, and we will offer again at the Sussex Green Hub, help people through the process. Every single person has saved money.
1: The cost is one thing, but I also think some people dread doing these yeah. things, but the process is really swift. It's really not complicated. It takes Absolutely. a few minutes and you're done.
2: Yeah. And and very often companies say that you're tied into a contract, so you can't go. But actually, if you're going to save, I switched a lady who had a one bedroom flat. She had gas and she had electricity. She'd been paying by direct debit. And actually, they owed her a couple of thousand pounds and i went through the switching process at the repair cafe with her three times to make sure i was right and we switched her and she saved 366 pounds a year she was retired living in one bedroom flat Hmm. Um, £366. So actually, if they're going to charge you £30 to get out of your contract because you've still got nine months left, actually, if you're going to save £100, yeah. you're actually going to be on clean, renewable energy and still be saving money. So the platform that I'm talking about, and this big clean switch.org, Strokes It's green is really really easy i'm more than happy to help people because it's a really important step and certainly when the sussex Green hub starts up again we will be providing there'll be a desk there we'll be providing people with advice on saving energy how to insulate up their homes Mm. reduce their energy in their homes and switch so that's one big step that people can take
0: is that the thing that makes the biggest difference would you say in terms of improving our carbon footprint, changing energy in our homes?
2: Uh, well, another really important big green step, I'd say, is to change banks. So go to a clean a renewable ethical bank. So uh, TRUDOS is one, because many of the banks invest in fossil fuel and arms, with pension funds and things like that yeah and switching yeah making sure your pension fund is invested in clean renewable in the future that you want not in the past not in the dirty past that's polluting our planet for our children and, and their children so that's a bigger step because it's more admin but actually changing banks is a bit like changing energy providers the banks actually do a lot of that changing for you so that's not so bad the pensions are a little bit more challenging yeah. Um, but other things that are really important that we can do is things like trying not to fly only flying if you really have to yeah. you know I know it's a challenge at the moment for the airline industry and I'll probably get clobbered for saying this but really that's a horrendous carbon footprint for us so you know we've got a beautiful country people at the moment are discovering beautiful countryside on their doorstep that they'd never ever um, known of yeah I think you're right On you?
0: when we had the first lockdown in the UK I know that carbon emissions dropped dramatically didn't they because there was no there were no flights or very few flights going.
2: Yeah. And a lot of people actually um with talking of carbon emissions, a lot of people say, well, well until China and until America sort out their lives, you know, what's the point in doing anything? Well actually think about China, carbon emissions for example. So many of the things that we buy come from China their industries are driven by the developed world by the uk and america so their carbon emissions won't come down until we stop buying all this toot and chucking it that's why they've got a really big carbon footprint because so much of our stuff that we buy and we dump comes from china yeah
1: food that's a big big one as well especially meat and dairy right
2: yeah, so we're creatures of habit, aren't we? And we just need to change some of our behaviour. So, for example, having a cup of tea um, with no milk in it, the carbon footprint something like 20, um, CO2 equivalent. But if you then have lots of dairy milk in it, it goes up. If you have a latte or a cappuccino... the carbon footprint of just that drink goes way up so there are simple things we can do by you know reducing the amount of dairy reducing the amount of meat we can think about where things have come from again rice for example where in the world is that grown asia i know a few people who actually are changing to oats oats are really healthy they're really good for us they're grown in the uk rather than asia Do you see? Yeah. So it's just
0: changing perceptions and changing, Yeah. yeah, changing our mindset.
2: Yeah. And milks. So dairy milk, yes most people know that cows beautiful animals release a lot of methane and um, but it's also that you add a step
1: of consumption because rather than us eating the plants the cow first eats the plant
2: and then yes absolutely. it holds
1: that loss of energy through the cow actually or whichever animal it absolutely
2: so if we're eating the plant rather than the cow eating the plant and then the cow drinking lots of water and then us processing the cow and then eating the cow, yeah, we need to go to the source plant, really.
1: Lots of the feed comes from uh, the rainforests are cut down for soy and palm yep. oil and things like that to grow, and, and soy that's, for the most part, fed to animals. That's the reason why it can make a big impact thinking on climate, about... cutting down on those things, right?
2: Yeah, think it's think? thinking about the supply chain, if you like, you know, where has the food come from, and what is needed to get that final product a leg of beef for example and you know another example is um why do we buy new zealand lamb you know it couldn't be further away could it so why aren't we just eating british lamb yeah it's perfectly lovely isn't it Mm -hmm. and coming back to the milk point a lot of people are switching to soya milk or to almond milk or to you know there are many different types of milk aren't there but where in the world is the soya grown? And what are the issues with cutting down rainforests? Where in the world is almond milk grown or almonds grown? Not in the UK. So actually, probably the most environmentally friendly milk to drink is oat milk, because we can grow oats in the UK. Mm-hmm. So it's thinking about where things yeah. are grown yeah. and the carbon footprint of their sort of journey to your table. I suppose you said about,
0: we asked, Anna asked about tips, sort of the main things to do. And I you mentioned energy and changing banks what can we do on a sort of day-to-day level that's maybe quick wins that people can introduce their life that aren't too much of a, a challenge? Buy less stuff.
2: Yeah. i keep coming back to stuff don't i a lot of people get a real kick from going shopping they get really excited they get on a real high they come back with all the shopping bags but it's absolutely scientifically known that actually probably within a few hours they're on a lower gain because then they're starting to think about their credit card bill and and so much of the things or so many of the things that people buy is just unnecessary
1: less stuff that's really what i will take with me i think we have to find people all of us have to find something to replace that satisfaction that we get from buying things do you have have any recommendations on
2: that yeah i mean kids are really good at it so reuse remake recreate get inventive with the materials that we already have all around us you know think about second uses or third uses and as I said kids are brilliant and that's why I love working with children because you could give them a material a milk carton say right what can we turn this into and they'll come up with hundreds of different ideas so let's get inventive with everything that we've got already and be responsible with the things that we have Um, and if we don't need them any longer try and find ways to reuse remake recreate or worst of all, recycle.
0: That's the last step, the recycling, like you say, cut back before you get to that point we have to recycle.
2: Yeah, I mean on the float, so come out and actually have a look at our inspiration eco station. We've got a beautiful infographic and it shows about ten hours and at the top is refuse. Just Don't take it. Refuse to buy it. Refuse to buy a plastic bottle again. Never, ever take a plastic bag. And then um, there are lots of R words all the way down. Rent. You can rent clothes actually now. Go to a charity shop. Buy from a charity shop. And uh, yeah, the bottom of our graphic is recycle. And then at the very bottom is rot. Putting something in landfill, for example. Um, So many things like a plastic bottle. If it went to landfill, it will probably take thousands of years to ever rot into something we might ever use again, maybe more hundreds of thousands of years. We don't really know. Plastic's only been around for about a hundred years.
0: Yeah, yes. It's fantastic, thank you. It's really made me think. That's the thing, isn't it? Thinking more about everything, just taking that step back and Mm questioning it's inspiring thank you yeah carrie
2: thank you so much for having us you're welcome no it's lovely to meet you and thanks for helping to share the green word and if anyone wants to find out more go to sussexgreenliving.co.uk and look and see where we are and come and say hello
0: thank you for listening to sounding out horsham if you have feedback on this episode or would like to suggest future topics for us to cover or people for us to speak to you can reach us on social media via twitter at sohorsham or facebook just search for sounding out horsham or you can email us at sohorsham at gmail.com that's the letters sohorsham at gmail.com
1: and if you enjoyed listening and want to support what we do we'd also love to get a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you're following us so you don't miss our next episode